हे गाइस वेलकम बैक टू द डिजिटल डिजाइनर शो आई एम योर होस्ट सोम्य एंड आई हैव माई को होस्ट शिवम आवर पॉडकास्ट इज अबाउट स्टोरीज एंड लाइफ लेसन्स विच वी बिलीव विल अपलिव पीपल एंड हेल्प देम टू ग्रो विच इज ऑल्सो आवर मोटो एंड टॉकिंग अबाउट आवर मोटो वे आर इन ए मिशन टू टच लाइफ ऑफ अ बिलियन पीपल एंड पुट इम्पैक्ट इन द लाइफ सो विद दैट साइड लेस गेट स्टार्ट Hey guys, welcome back to our show, the Digital Designer Show. As it is said by a great poet, Nikita Gill, that show me the most damaged part of your soul, and I will show you how it still shine like a gold. And when it's about music, you don't need gold; you will shine automatically. So we have our next guest, a hot guest, which we are waiting for. Us is that he is a Carnatic music freak with around thirty years of experience and exposure, hailing from Tirchi. completed his mechanical engineering from SRM Chennai a very meticulous and well organized and also a great lover of en- energy conservation and takes every task as his responsibility and completes it fast and cleanly works in US for turbo machineries and spreading knowledge of carnatic music he is a great learner and a listener of carnatic music let me introduce with pleasure mr anand shrinivasan how are you feeling anand yeah i'm doing wonderful show and thank you for that introduction that's uh, way more than what i would have expected to hear thank you very much i'm looking forward to uh, the show i'm looking forward to conversing with both of you and with uh, my friend pradeep here yeah so let's come to the the part of the carnatic music a music which is been from the karnataka or you know south india which is evolving from south india along with hindustani and which is a very classical type of music we want to learn and we want to understand so let's what is carnatic music anand and how it is different from other styles of music we want to understand that first of all thing so one thing that we have to keep in mind here is uh, any classical form of music across the world tends to have a huge history associated with it um there is western classical there's classical that's uh, uh prevalent in many different forms of uh, many different forms across the world and within india if you look at the classical forms it so happens that we have it classified as uh, hindustani or carnatic and as you had mentioned hindustani generally goes with the north indian uh, type of music and carnatic generally goes with the south indian type of music so a little bit about myself uh I cannot sing I do not sing I do not know how to perform an instrument however I do listen to a lot of carnatic music I do listen to a lot of music in general but 90% of my listening is specific to carnatic and the remaining 10% includes uh, dhrupad and khayal and hindustani and a little bit of pop and jazz and what not yeah. but despite listening to all the other forms of music and of course there is if we are uh, if we are uh, born in india film music naturally comes in into that mix um so that's kind of the you know the overall divide that we have at least within india there is the classical form of music which turns out to be between hindustani and uh, carnatic and then we have the the so called non classical which generally forms under the falls under the the film music uh, umbrella you know okay so is there any part in uh, carnatic music uh, and like you know how many different styles are there uh, in even carnatic music if we see uh so that's a very interesting question that you bring up you know um so this is very interesting because when i was growing up uh, i was obviously exposed to uh, carnatic music because of the you know if you if you grow up in a particular region in india you are exposed to that flavor of everything that happens around you you know if you're from uh, mumbai you get to learn the uh, the mumbai flavor of things and the same thing happens to uh, all of us so when i was growing up i was exposed to a lot of carnatic music and i hardly knew anything about uh, hindustani music 
and it's only recently in the last uh, 10 years or so that i've actually started listening to a little bit of hindustani and now i'm able to differentiate a little bit about uh, classical forms like dhrupad or khaya you know so in a similar vein there's a lot of distinction and there's a lot of demarcation and there's a lot of classifications even within carnatic music um usually very generally speaking a lot of these classifications are region specific and the interesting thing about carnatic music is the traditional form uh, as what we recognize today tends to have a heavy influence of the andhra region uh andhra and now of course telangana but traditionally it was the andhra region where a lot of carnatic uh the history of carnatic traces back to so there is one form of uh, the andhra carnatic uh, uh music and since we are from tamil nadu both pradeep and i uh, you know the the form of music that i'm more exposed to is the carnatic music from tamil nadu and the interesting thing with uh, carnatic music in tamil nadu is it actually predates the music that comes from andhra uh, so the andhra music uh, uh, is heavily credited to saint tyagaraja uh who was a wonderful composer and a great poet from back in the 17th century the 1700s uh yes. he has composed a lot of music in carnatic uh, a lot of songs pretty much all of it has been in praise of lord rama right and the uh, so around the 1700s was when saint tyagaraja came about and then there were two other composers that went along with saint tyagaraja in that time frame the 1700 to 1800 time frame tyagaraja muthuswami dikshidhar and shyama shastri who are popularly referred to as the uh, trinity you know yeah uh, the reason i'm saying all of this is because you know i think you can see where this is headed you know uh, carnatic music did start off as religious music it did start off as being something that's catered towards uh, uh, um god fearing and spiritual and it has a certain certain spiritual connotation you know um but the point i'm trying to make here is even though carnatic music is generally recognized as something that goes back to the 1700s and something that's associated with the trinity and 1700s is still a long time that's still about 300 years of uh, evolution in a music you know um however it turns out that carnatic music was actually prevalent even before the trinity and that's where the uh, the focus in tamil nadu comes up because uh, there is something called pannisai in tamil nadu uh, which is a form of uh, religious uh, music in uh, carnatic and that dates back to the 1200s and 1300s which is now we're going back in time to about 600 or 700 years if not even longer you know um so in a certain sense carnatic music prevalent even before uh, the uh, the trinity from uh, the 1700s came about and if you start going deeper and deeper into it it turns out that back in the 1500s there was actually a tamil trinity which is now a new term that has come about because people start going back in time to look at the history you know and obviously i've missed two other states here there's music from kerala and there's music from karnataka also um so that's that's kind of a quick flavor for the way i view classifications within carnatic music yes uh, that's a great uh, part of uh, you know cycle has gone and then it's really uh, uh, very nice to you know listen uh, listen it and so i i really want to uh, ask like how you got into carnataki music and how that has you know given you the impact or what we can say as what what has the big impact on your life the carnataki music whether it has bought focus and why people should listen to it my point is why Absolutely. people should listen to carnataki music why they should not listen to a uh, blues or they should not listen to rock is because different people have different taste and uh, yeah so why should yeah 
you can go. So that's a wonderful question, you know. Uh, so before we go to that question, I'd like to quickly point out something. Uh, so this thing about going back 600 years or 700 years, uh, this is applicable to all classical forms of music. I'm just talking about Karnanik because that is the one that I'm most uh, familiar with. Uh, I do want to make a point that the Drupad form of music in the Hindustani tradition also dates back to the 1200s and the 1300s. And in fact, the Drupad form of music has a, there is a Dagarwani style of Drupad, which goes in detail back to the 1200s. So there's a lot of similarities in the Hindustani front as well. Um, I just wanted to mention that, you know. So coming back to Carnatic music, um, there should be absolutely no reason why people should choose Carnatic over blues or people should choose blues over Carnatic or blues over film or whatever it is, you know. It is my strong opinion that if you like a certain form of music, listen to it. If you don't like a certain form of music, so be it, you know. It's... This is music is highly subjective, number one, you know, uh, I completely agree with what Pradeep said. So disclaimer here, guys, I'm going to agree with a lot of things that Pradeep and you have discussed in the previous two podcasts, because Pradeep and I have spoken about a lot of these topics over multiple times in the last several uh, years, you know, um, I think Pradeep made a good point that if we are going to be starting about listening to music, then we should go out and start listening to all forms of music and uh, choose the one that comes uh, natural to us, you know. Um, yes, he was saying... Perfect and, and I think what Shivam is uh, more coming to here is, say if somebody should be enthused about, uh, you know, uh, Carnatic music, what are the luring things in Carnatic music? That is what, uh, if you're seeking what you go there, something like that is asking, what are the nice things that, you know, you get attracted? Yeah. Can you shed some light there? Yeah. So the interesting thing for me is, personally, uh, I was obviously exposed to Carnatic music because of my background and my family and, you know, everyone in my family listens to Carnatic music. So at a very young age, you start, uh, uh, you know, you hear music that's played at home. Uh, you hear music that's uh, coming to you in the background. And to be really honest with you, when I was extremely young, it used to bug me a lot because that's what they played at six in the morning. And I found that jarring music to wake me up at six in the morning to go to school, you know. I can understand. And then that's, you know, I'm sure we all go through this, you know. Absolutely. So the the, the funny thing, and I still uh, pull my dad and mom's legs about this. So the funny thing was my dad uh, used to play, uh, uh, you know, Vedas and Rudram and all of the the purely religious stuff. And then my mom used to play uh, Carnatic music. And uh, my problem was, you know, why is it that I'm forced to listening to jarring music at six in the morning and it's waking me up? And this is the thought that you get when you're really young. (laughs) And it turns out that, um, you know, around the time when I was about nine or 10 years old. um, So I've been, even though I grew up in Trichy, I've visited Chennai very regularly. Uh, Pretty much every year I used to come to Chennai. And um, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure Pradeep did talk about the December music season in Chennai. And I think he talked about a couple of uh, venues where they do those uh, holy uh, concerts where they have only a, a, a lamp for the concert, you know. So I used to come to Chennai and my aunt got me hooked on to Carnatic music. Um, I did not go there out of my own free will. She did force me to take me to those concerts. It turns out that when I went to the concert, it was more of a project for me because she had to keep me occupied and she said, all right, fine, if you have to be occupied, why don't you try to recognize the name of the ragam in one of these songs, you know? And I said, uh, how the heck can I know the name of Raga if I don't know what a Raga is? And she said, well, if you listen to this song, this sounds like another song that you heard. And the other song is something that I had heard several times at home. Uh, it was one of those quintessential Emma Subalakshmi songs, you know. So that 
kind of put an interest in me where I started thinking this was more like a, it's like solving a puzzle at that point of time. You're trying to hear a certain form of uh, sounds, a certain set of uh, musical notes, and then you're trying to link it and relate it to something else and then try to identify what that other link is and then come up with the name of the other. I can relate to that. (laughs) I can relate to the curiosity in solving puzzles and I remember all the crosswords and everything that we used to do every day on the train during our long travel too. <laughs> and half the and I can relate to where you're puzzles. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, yeah. let's, let, let, let's finish the train of thought there. Half yeah, the time yeah, yeah. we would not actually solve the puzzles. You know, it was just a matter <laughs> of having the sheet of paper in our hand and trying to look at all the words and trying to rearrange anagrams and uh, <laughs> <laughs> the actually you know the hindu puzzles are one of the easiest puzzles if you think about it because most of the time the answers are hidden in the uh, anagrams within the book <laughs> Yeah. So we would, you know, if you remember what we used to do, we used to write down uh, the entire word in a circle to see how many uh, letters can be uh, rearranged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we can get maybe 20% of the puzzle done or the 30% of uh, or 30% of the crossword done, that was a huge achievement, you know. <laughs> Good. So your aunt has approached you in the right way to think of, you know, identifying the ragas as a puzzle. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a, it's it's a it's a so when you come and ask me today how do you uh, propagate Carnatic music to someone who hasn't heard this form of music I'm really dumbfounded you know this is how I got introduced <laughs> to it this is what piqued my interest and even now you know over time. Uh, uh, you know, initially it was the musical interest. Initially it was the, you know, trying to identify something and relate to something part of it. And then over time it digressed into listening to uh, film music and going into Hilay Raja's music and then trying to dissect Hilay Raja's music to see what kind of raga he has used. And... Uh, my latest passion now is I've gotten away from identifying ragas and the music and I've now gone into the percussion part of uh, Carnatic music, you know. Talams. Uh, rhythm. Into talams, yes. Into <laughs> rhythmic, rhythmic uh, talam aspect, you know. So, so how do you inculcate this uh, interest in music, especially something like a classical form of music? Let's, let's talk classical in general, you know. The truth is, any classical form of music is not inviting. Any classical form of music is not peppy music. It's not something that you can listen once and then say, oh, wow, I like it. Yes. It's not something that you can listen to within two or three minutes. You know, most of the... So I'm relating this to film numbers because I'm more familiar with film music. I know a little bit about jazz and blues, but I cannot speak to it because I'm not familiar with it as much. So if you think about film music, you know, usually there's a song, the song is three minutes or four minutes long, maybe five minutes long. A lot of times the song will have a uh, video, a visual associated with it, a theme associated with it. So you'll know if it's a love song or a sad song or a happy song. So within three to five minutes, you get the emotion. You're done with the song. You get a certain set of lyrics. We all tend to understand the lyrics because it's in a language that we understand. Uh, the tune is peppy, the tune is quick. So every, everything is happening within three to five minutes and we are done with it and it's easier to relate to it in a certain sense. Classical music is not like that. You know, classical music is extremely difficult because number one, uh, it is slow. It is not peppy. Mm-hmm. It takes a while for the groove of the piece to get started. And then once it gets started, it goes into the details and then it goes into uh, its... Uh, uh, highs and lows and by the time it's complete it's about 45 minutes maybe sometimes even longer and if you want to listen to an entire concert that's going to be about three hours or so so unless someone is truly personally motivated to go through that journey i believe it's difficult to have someone get that interest into that form of music. You know, having said that, I'll give you one more disclaimer here. So the question that begs to be answered is, since we are a musical family, is it true that, so I don't have uh, siblings, but uh, all my cousins and I, we all grew up together, you know? 
So the question is, if we are a musical family, or are all of us uh, extremely interested in Carnatic music? You know, and the answer is absolutely no. Some of my, so my own aunt, she could not get her own son to be as interested in Carnatic music as I am. You know. Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, and it turns out that. As guys growing up in India, uh, there's two things that uh, that really uh, uh, shape and mold us. One is uh, uh, the film industry and films in general. The other one is cricket, and I'm saying this very very loosely. Don't rip me apart on this. So, cricket is something that we all grow up with. Um, yes. It turns out that in my case, cricket really did not fascinate me all that much. It's just Carnatic music that fascinated me all that much. And uh, the point I'm trying to make is, you know, within the same family, when you say that everyone is uh, interested in music, do you think that the next generation will be completely into music? The answer is no. So that is where the personality and how the individual interest uh, factor comes in. You know. Agreed. Agreed. So you also yeah. mentioned about this interesting point, Anand, about uh, the infusion of classical music. into the tamil light music or the film music. can you just talk a little bit more you know a lot of people do like the classical influence pieces which are coming in the movies there are so many movies like sindhu bhairavi unnal mudiyam thambi there are many uh, you know especially ilayaraja compositions and i don't know much maybe even the modern composers are using inspiration from the carnatic music can you uh, just tell uh, talk something about it about uh, you know how that influences and how it is helping or i don't know whether it's good or bad about that influence of classical music into the film industry absolutely so here is where pradeep and i start disagreeing uh, pradeep is a huge elayaraja fan i like elayaraja unfortunately i am not a huge fan of elayaraja's music i am a huge fan of air rahman's music and uh, it turns out that we tend to associate uh, very generally speaking we tend to associate elayaraja's music more with uh, uh, having a classical flavor to it and we tend to associate rahman's music to have more of a modern day uh, synthesized peppy flavor to it Mm-hmm. it is my opinion that rahman actually uh, borrows and uses a heavy carnatic influence and a heavy classical influence uh, which sometimes tends to be missed when listening to his songs you know um the best example i can think of in rahman's i mean there are multiple we can talk for hours on rahman's music alone you know the the one that personally touched me the most was um, his song khwaja mere khwaja i forget the name of the movie now that's so if you so that's that to me is a classic example of how rahman tied together the pieces so beautifully well you know he that song has a religious aspect he has a uh, he has a peppy number to it he has a wonderful beat to it the beat and the tune have not strayed away from the qawwali of form and the qawwali uh, theme to it and it's a famous song and it's a, it's a song that people have heard multiple times and i think rahman himself has acknowledged that he has learned the qawwali music influence and the qawwali form of music from nusrat fateh khan himself so he he has learned it in the most traditional and the most uh, classical form ever possible he has gone straight to the source you know and this is just one example this is not everything this is just one example of how uh, rahman has um, uh, has has brought in the uh, classical influence into his songs you know and the same is true of uh, i mean this this, this is, everything that we are talking about here this is true of most if not all music directors most good music directors 
Ilayaraja also did the same thing. And, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to be talking more about Ilayaraja and Rahman because those are the two that I'm, that we are familiar with in uh, in the South, you know, and that's the one that we've had the opportunity to analyze and listen to. Back in the day, Ilayaraja has done the same thing. He has also gone into uh, the classical aspect and there are anecdotes of how he has uh, spoken extensively with uh, Carnatic musicians like uh, like Balamulli Krishna and people of that generation. Uh, and prior to Ilayaraja, there were guys like M.S. Vishwanathan uh, who have also done the same thing. They have also looked looked into Carnatic music and classical music and bringing in the influence uh, to a film uh, type of music, you know. Um, there are uh, there are ways in which so so go let, let, let's let's go let's tie it, let's try to tie it back to the original uh, thought here. The original thought was how do we inculcate a classical form of music or how do we get people excited in a classical form of music. Um, how, how do we get people excited to listen to classical forms of music? You know, one one approach has also one is you know like I said, classical form by itself is sometimes too difficult and let's 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 address it. Classical forms are little too forms are usually a little too dry to listen to. You know, so if you start introducing people through the film music route, there is also the chance that you can inculcate that that interest and. Uh, inculcate that uh, you you kind of sugarcoat it and then help them uh, understand it a little better you know so there is one there is that approach that could be for you follow a slightly tangential way and then bring the music in I but completely agree here, with your point yeah no I was going to say the key here is the listener has to be willing to assimilate a classical form of music. If it still doesn't appease them and if it still doesn't please them, that's fine. You know, it happens. Agreed. Yeah. It does happen. Yeah. It but will happen. The question is, uh, Anand, that, you know, if you take any other, uh, uh, you know, uh, popular form of music, it doesn't matter whether you are able to appreciate the technical details of the music or not. Uh, for example, a movie uh, music song is very accessible to everybody. And uh, would you apply the same to Carnatic music? Do you really need to be, you know, have an interest on the technicalities to start appreciating classical music? Or can you just, you know, at a lower level, I, I should not say like lower level, at, at a very, you know, more fundamental level where you just respond emotionally to the music, right? Can right. classical forms of music be assimilated by the common man at that level? Or some form of technical appreciation only puts you into that group. So the uh, so you're unfortunately asking this question to the wrong person because I am someone that <laughs> analyzes music to the core, and Pratik, I think you can empathize with me on this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know this thing with uh, Kwaja Mere Kwaja obviously as you can understand I've listened to that song several several times yeah that, that's, that's a brilliant song yeah yeah, I, I don't listen to Hindi songs, but I, I I love that Kwaja Mere Kwaja because right. it has it has a great soul to it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I yeah I, 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 I go, yeah Shivam I think wants to observe something here. Yes, Shivam. Yeah, I want to ask. Uh, Johanna, like, you know, there is one guy called as, uh, Krishna Das. When you said that when we actually inculcate the music from the Bollywood sense or, you know, at a higher level, actually this Karnataki or classical music evolves in a very wonderful way. It happened with me also when I listened to Bhajanas and all that. For example, mm -hmm. when we see the Krishna Das, if you know, he's an American vocalist and he has sung like he was American guy and he just started practicing uh, Hinduism when he came to Karnataka mm -hmm. and uh, his one of the album Ananda it, mm -hmm. it was selected for the Grammy Award for the best nominated for the uh, Grammy Award for the best new age album see best new age album 
kirtan album which was actually having the taste of karnataki music and the hindustani music it's actually the kirtans bhajanas mm-hmm. so i definitely agree with one of the point that if we are going to inculcate this music which you know karnataki music has been grounding up and which not grown up so much high level but if it goes through the right. the path of uh, uh, what we call as you know higher platform i really think people will appreciate it much further because right. see when when we listen to any music at the end of the day i felt it's my opinion that the peace comes from the classicals peace the you know soothingness the great soothingness comes from the old music i don't yeah. know if you agree right. with yeah. me or not yeah, yeah i totally agree and gives uh, a more uh, restfulness a calmness to a person who is doused in carnatic music unlike uh, other forms of music which could be more aggressive these are yeah. more meditative no doubt about that yeah yeah so i, I would like to ask you like there are different forms like you know alpana and niraval pallavi ragam right. and tanam and taniya avataram now which form you really love to learn on and which you know is it by stage by stage it will learn this improvisations or it can be learned in a you know a parallel way for example if i'm having a a boy who is around 5 years of boy a girl 5 years of old which right. age will be the right time to start uh working on you know learning carnatici music uh i wanted to ask you because i feel carnatici music or hindustani music are quite difficult and need more practice and more time right so right. what age will be right and what step by step stages a person should go to learn different improvisation and to learn the complete you know uh, indulge in that so couple of things here uh, you know there is this uh, i think the quick answer to this is the earlier you start the better off it will be because of the obvious reason you know when we are really young and when we get started on something really young it uh, gets into our muscle memory and then retaining that knowledge is obviously much easier over time and grasping that knowledge is also much easier over time mm-hmm. um and kind of blanking out here right now uh, what was our previous uh, shivam what was your previous question and please yeah. sure. did this one out okay so my question was uh, if someone wants to start uh, you know start learning music so since there are lot of improv- improvisations are there you know in carnataki music which one a student should start with the first improvisation and how he should proceed with different stage to stage so the answer is very clear there uh, in no form of music or in no form of art can we start with improvisations we start with the basics and yeah. then over time the basics hopefully will lead to improvisations if there is the innate capability for that individual and this takes a long time to achieve you know uh, a good example is you know when we are going to school when we were going to school we all were exposed to every form of uh, art and sport and education you know we had drawing classes we had music classes we had moral instruction yeah uh, sport uh, of course education and within education there was science math history uh, economics uh, every possible uh, avenue so we were all exposed to everything and it turns out that i mean i hate to say we chose it because you know half the time we don't get the luxury of choosing things but uh, to a certain extent you know at least with the with the art forms we tend to gravitate more towards one form than the other um uh, some people choose paintings some p- painting some people choose uh, uh music some people choose uh, within music some people may choose vocal some people may choose instrumental and so on and so forth um i i'm still struggling to verbalize on the so called right age to start learning music because agreed that if you start early enough it's uh, good in terms of muscle memory uh, however if you start too early and if the individual is uh, and and if the individual gets an aversion against it 
then it that's stays. not going to happen. <laughs> you know, then it stays. It stays, and that's that's even more worse. You know. And then on and the other yeah. extreme, there are we all have heard of these cases where you know uh, someone was an engineer until the age of forty, and then they decided to become a doctor, and then they went to medical school, and then by the age of forty-five, they became a doctor, and things of that nature. You know, so. Um, so that is also possible on the other side. Um, uh, I'm, what was that guy's name? Um, who? Hey, uh, Pradeep, uh, who's the guy? Uh, John McLaughlin. So John yeah. McLaughlin, he did not grow up in India. He is not Indian, but he has a huge Carnatic and Hindustani influence in his music and Shakti and Remember Shakti series of albums shows that influence, you know. So here yeah. is an example where John McLaughlin is a good example because he knows blues, he knows jazz, he knows the Western forms of uh, music, and he has collaborated mm-hmm. with enough uh, Indian uh, forms of music that he has developed that over the years. Correct. Yeah. So there is Correct. an example. You can argue that he did probably start his music early on, but he learned something as time went on. So there is that possibility also. Um, so there is no, I don't think there's a clear cut answer to say that you have to start by three or you have to start by five. Uh, there are also geniuses within Carnatic music who were able to identify ragas when they were three years old. Uh, and this is all on YouTube. You know, if you go look at uh, child pro- prodigies on YouTube, uh, I can think of several examples. The best one that comes to my mind is... Uh, uh, the former uh, mandolin player Yushinivas, who's mm-hmm. unfortunately not with us today, he, I, you know, he has, he has single-handedly. I've been influenced by his music the most, you know. Um, and he was Yushinivas was an example of a child prodigy where he started off really young. And he conquered everything that I believe needed to be conquered in music. And for me, his music is one part. The biggest thing that I see in him, that I saw in him was his humility, you know. Um, It never got to him that he was a famous musician. He was always humble, always down to earth, uh, always accessible. And that is something that, so, you know, it, it's it's not just the musical aspect here. We're yeah. slowly digressing and, and, into a so-called... Yeah, no, and to add aspect. to that, yeah, and to add to that, he was part of Remember Shakti playing with uh, John McLaughlin. Yeah, yeah. Did you have the chance right. to see him live anytime? Who, uh, John McLaughlin? Or no. You seen him Oh, Yushin was absolutely yes. I mean, I've heard a lot of uh, Carnatic music concerts of this, but not uh, not his uh, Remember Shakti though. Okay, I, I saw him in Remember Shakti when they performed at the Ohio State, right. and uh, yeah, at that time Yushin was was there, and it was it was I to this date I maintain that was the best concert sonically that I have listened to so far. Yeah. out of the many concert that I have listened to. <laughs> yeah. So I do want to make a quick point here, you know, uh, the thing with, I know we're digressing quite a bit here. Sorry, if you were you know, the, uh, so the that, thing with Yushin was that I've always, uh, the, the, the thing with Yushin was that has always fascinated me is, uh, uh, if you watch him on a concert stage, uh, mm-hmm. you have to always remember that Yushinivas, by core, is a South Indian classical musician. And the South Indian classical, especially the Carnatic and even the Hindustani for that matter, mm-hmm. the classical forms of music are not meant to be a bombastic form of music. They're meant to be calm and composed and slow and you're not supposed to be exerting your body or making a a so-called show on stage, gestures on stage. And when you start going into uh, non-classical forms or when you start migrating into the Western forms, when you start doing these uh, fusions, uh, 
there is a little bit of a, I use this uh, phrase loosely here. There is a little bit of a showmanship when you come to uh, something on stage. And Zakir Hussain is a great example for that. Yeah, exactly. he is, yeah. <laughs> Zakir Hussain, he is extremely classical. He has the gharana and the school of music, which is as classical as it can get. And he also knows how to uh, how to portray himself on stage so that the audience gets excited and oh, yes. it's a, and you know i've heard several people say that if you compare someone like zakir uh, to someone like yushinivas yushinivas does a good job with music but sometimes fails to get the audience excited or alternatively once his portion is done he tends to uh, sit back and not appreciate the other uh, activity that's going on on stage and this is where the philosophical aspect comes in because by training the classical carnatic form of music is meant to be that way where you don't get bombastic on stage where you're not supposed to get bombastic and you're not supposed to i'm not saying this is right or wrong i'm just saying that this is how the traditional aspect comes in and in fact if the guy is sitting in a carnatic uh, uh, setting he'll get praised for exactly that trait that he is sitting back so quiet and relaxed and he is not becoming mm. bombastic about this you know understood yeah <laughs> so yeah. there it's, is it's a, a cultural so difference a, yeah it's it's a huge cultural difference and uh, speaking of culture and speaking of all of this i'm trying to <clears throat> avoid bringing in the religious connotation here because i have my own thoughts on this and i'd prefer that we not go into the religious aspect um absolutely but the truth is classical forms do have religion associated with it so going back to your question of five year old you know so the other thing that can be used to introduce music to someone to introduce carnatic music one approach is the film music that i said the other approach is going through uh bhajans and going through a religious approach and uh, to me bhajans and carnatic are not the same this is my opinion so there is the other approach where you try to bring in the religious aspect and the godly aspect and then introduce carnatic music or classical music which again if that's what pleases the individual and if that's what uh, gets the individual excited then so be it uh, i think shivam you you mentioned uh, uh kirtan and uh, uh the kirtan form of music which is perfect because uh, the kirtan form of music started in uh, i think uh, northern karnataka or maharashtra southern maharashtra area and uh, the interesting thing is there was a uh, i think there was an individual by name uh, i forgotten the person's name i forgotten the history now but that form of music has actually come into karnatic and there is a uh, it's called harikatha now uh, mm-hmm. harikatha and kirtan form of music where uh, they actually uh, explain the music as they sing it so they take certain phrases of carnatic music songs and then they say this is what the song is about and this is how the song praises this god and they actually go through that process of explaining the music and praising the praising the god simultaneously you know on the street uh so there is that aspect also and that goes into a more of a religious uh, approach towards music and that is not the approach that uh, i personally have taken in listening to carnatic music you know uh, and uh, so yeah go ahead so do, let me let me just finish my train of thought i sorry guys i tend to uh, zone out quite a bit which is why i'm trying to latch on to no, that, that's where it. the nice stories come from so you are welcome to do that <laughs> so i mean i was going to say that uh, the non classical forms are even more approachable because the language is usually uh, one that we relate to with carnatic it becomes even more difficult at least with hindustani it's either hindi or urdu with carnatic most of the songs are in telugu and unless you go really deep into the lyrics uh, you don't understand the lyrical meaning of course if it's tamil you do understand the meaning because i mean personally i know tamil i don't know telugu and i'm sure pradeep will relate to that and i tend to listen to more tamil music in carnatic than to telugu but having said that 
my interest in carnatic music is not the lyrical aspect Lyric, lyrical aspect is only 5 or 10% of the music in my opinion you know there is much more to it much more to the technicality of carnatic music um Mm-hmm. that needs to be delved into and gone deeper into. i i totally agree like even in the common form of music i think like you know i think almost everyone that people like a lot of songs without knowing an inch of what the lyrics is or what the meaning of the song is and it, it, yeah music is something just beyond beyond the lyrics alone right right so anand one point i wanted to like ask like like you know when we speak about hindustani so in hindustani there are different ragams so right. like you know rag bhairavi which is about morning ragam and uh, rag yaman if we speak it's about evening and for different emotions there are different ragam so even the formation of carnatic music is based on this you know ragams are there or it's different from hindustani i i my point was like how it is different from hindustani music the carnatic music so the yeah, just yeah very is, yeah yeah please i guess the really quick answer is carnatic mm-hmm. and hindustani are very different at at the at at a really uh, surface level they both are classical but the moment you start peeling away that layer you start uh, seeing differences really quick. so mm-hmm. let's start with what you mentioned right now you said in hindustani there is rag bhairav perfect perfect example because carnatic music also has bhairavi except yeah. that the bhairavi in carnatic music is a completely different scale compared to the bhairav in uh, hindustani the okay. bhairav in hindustani corresponds to sindhu bhairavi in carnatic Mm. and sindhu bhairavi is an outstanding ragam okay it's a sindhu bhairavi and the bhairav of the hindustani uh, uh, form of music it's a really really beautiful ragam why is that such a beautiful ragam because sindhu bhairavi or bhairav whichever way you want to call it it's one of those rare ragas that actually allows the use of all notes on that seven note scale from sari gama padani so yeah. is sindhu bhairavi beautiful because you can use all seven notes or is it beautiful because it's beautiful by itself <laughs> i i'm just asking the question so let's i'm trying to tie it back to our discussion here right the question the discussion and the question is analyzing music and the real question is why even analyze music should we analyze music and if we say something obscure that sindhu bhairavi has all seven notes and all uh, allows the use of all uh, combinations of all seven notes so what is that what makes it beautiful oh it could be but i, I don't know i don't know that much to comment on this one so then so so that so that, that's where i'm trying to lead up to right if we are to sit mm-hmm. here and analyze any rag or any music and say that this is what makes it good mm-hmm. unfortunately that's a very subjective uh, decision there right because what looks really what sounds really melodious to shivam may not sound melodious to us and that's perfectly fine and the the unfortunate part here is all of the classical forms because of the fact because of the fact that they've had the luxury of having existed for the last several centuries mm-hmm. all classical forms have a huge rigor associated with it there is a huge amount of theory there is a huge amount of technical expertise behind the scenes mm. there is a lot of theoretical um framework that goes into all these classical forms of music mm-hmm. and because of that theoretical frame framework it lends itself to being analyzed compared to the non classical forms understood and Just this leads to the yeah go ahead and 
No, I'm going to say just because it lends itself to being analyzed doesn't mean that analysis is the only way to assimilate that form of music. It's analyzable because of the fact that it has had this uh, 600 years, 700 years, how many ever centuries of uh, gestation period that people have had, you know. Understood. Uh, there are there are several forms of music that don't fall under the classical umbrella, the so-called classical umbrella, mm-hmm. which are equally beautiful, if not even more beautiful. <laughs> the unfortunate thing there is, it does not have a classical theoretical rigor associated with it, and therefore does not fall under this under this category of analysis and that's unfortunate and and we do have to acknowledge that yeah you have brought in a wonderful point Anand thank you for this one because I always thought about it but you know you have peeled one more layer and got into why certain things can be analyzed and why certain things are not analyzed that is uh, very very uh, nice thank you absolutely so so yes Anand so as we know that uh, there are like two as, as of my knowledge there are two forms of music one is uh, only instrumental music with only instrument no vocals nothing and another is uh, with vocal or you can say complete music what we are listening to nowadays so uh, so i, I would I just want to ask you that what are the instruments that uh, in that uh, defines carnatic music uh, that uh, make carnatic music what it is what it was then and what is it is now so the classical forms have been uh, uh, usually you have a main vocalist uh, uh, the, uh, the so called accompanists have been a violin a mridangam and then uh, the mridangam may or may not be accompanied by other accompanists if there are other accompanists it would be a ghatam or a kanjira or a morsing and then there is a tanpura for uh, shruti so this is the usual uh, the so called traditional setup mm-hmm. if the main artist is not a vocalist uh, the main uh, artist can be a violinist uh, the best uh, the best known example for a solo violinist has been lalgudi jayaraman uh, another person that has that i've been heavily influenced by when i was listening to music in my younger days uh, so there is violin and then there is veena in carnatic music um, Veena is another very unique instrument. Uh, Veena has its uh, roots to North India also. There is Rudra Veena uh, and within the Dagarwani school of uh, uh, Drupad music, the, the Rudra Veena is uh, highly revered. Um, in fact, there is some anecdotal evidence that uh, that if you learn Carnatic and Hindustani forms of well, I cannot speak for Hindustani. I can only speak for Drupad because I know a little bit about it. Uh, Drupad and Karnatik, um, they they go really in hand with uh, the sounds on the veena um, because the veena can, uh, it's a stringed instrument. Uh, it's a fretted stringed instrument. So if, it, if anything is fretted, then you can create a distinct uh uh, tonal sound in it as opposed to something like a violin which is string but not fretted so there is a sliding scale there mm-hmm. so veena uh, tends to be able to uh, at least traditionally speaking a veena can recreate every tonal quality of uh, 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 tones and sounds that uh, that lends itself into uh, Carnatic and Drupad form of music and then I'm I'm surely missing on a whole bunch of other instruments here. Um, so I think I mentioned violin, veena, of course, mandolin, which was uh, popularized by Yushinivas. Yeah. Um, and these days we even have like Western instruments brought into Karnatic, right? The saxophone, guitar, and other things, absolutely, guitar, yes, there, and yeah. Yes. 
So saxophone, um, there, were, there was another wonderful person, Kadri Gopal Nath, uh, who was synonymous with uh, the saxophone name in South India. He's no longer with us, unfortunately, you know. Um, so yeah, there is the Western influence. So interesting enough, uh, speaking of Western influence, uh, violin is a Western instrument. Violin came to Karnataka uh, at some point of time. Uh, his, the history goes that uh, sometime in the 1700s, 17, uh, late 1700s, uh, uh, it came to Carnatic music. Uh, so you remember I mentioned the Trinity, Kyagaraja, Muthuswami, Dikshadar, and Shastri. Yeah, yes. uh, uh, there's a tidbit of information that Muthuswami Dikshadar's brother, one Mr. Balaswami Dikshadar, is the one that introduced violin to Carnatic music. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the reason I'm mentioning this is because, you know, uh, if I say something like this, and if I say, look how wonderful this is, and therefore Carnatic music is beautiful, I have heard people snicker at me, my own wife snickers at me, and she says, just because someone brought violin to Carnatic music, how does it make it beautiful? <laughs> <laughs> and this is so this is why I keep saying that this is a this is highly subjective and yeah it's very possible that you try to introduce someone to a classical form of music and they just hate it and that's fine you know that's that's perfectly that's yeah perfectly Agreed, valid, yeah you know <laughs> yeah just to digress a little bit here uh, you know I want to just bring in one point that you know we talked about uh, the fusion band Shakti which fuses like jazz and blues to Carnatic. Likewise, we have like El Subramaniam here, who has right. written symphonies and so on, which are huge Carnatic music with Western classical music. And, uh, you know, uh, that is one interesting thing to see and to listen to. And also, I, we talked about the influence of, you know, the Carnatic music on the, uh, on the light music and so on. What is the relationship between folk music and classical music on one another? Do you have anything to add on that one? That's a very good question, actually, Pradeep. So that's a very deep and detailed uh, topic. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, I am unable to talk much about it because I don't know much about the folk forms of music. And mm-hmm. this is why I made that uh, I made that comment that. Uh, you know, we were talking a few minutes ago about uh, the theoretical aspect and how some forms of music lend itself to being analyzed theoretically. Yeah. Um, folk has, served, very generally speaking, folk music has had an influence in Carnatic. Uh, Carnatic has also had an influence in folk music. So both both ways have worked out. Uh, I'm unable to give you specifics and examples right now because I'm, you know, I I know it's it's an ocean. Yeah, it's an ocean. It's an ocean of its own. Uh, Yeah. And one more question I wanted to ask uh, is on the evolution of Carnatic music. Do you see it evolving? How do you think the Carnatic music would be like, you know, 100 years from now or whatever? Because I... In my perspective, while many people maintain that it does not evolve, I do right. maintain that it slightly evolves because, you know, from the uh, classical uh, acoustic instruments which they were using, now people have right. started using electronic instruments like Kunokudi. Uh, I, I, I don't, uh, not Kunokudi. I, there's this lady violinist, right? She uses a electric uh, violin. Kanya Kumari. She uses an electric violin and there are people who use the electric veena and so on. That is form of an evolution with the modern world. And uh, do you think Carnatic music, uh, you know, it's going to adapt and how is it evolving right now or is it going to mostly stick to the traditional ones? So you raise a really good discussion point here, you know. The... uh, the bit that you sang between uh, Bhairav and Yaman, there's multiple ways in which you can analyze this small piece. You can analyze it just for the beauty of the rag itself. You can just differentiate a so-called morning rag and evening rag, however way you want to uh, define it. That's one layer. The second layer is you start looking at the lyrical beauty of it. The lyrical beauty is it's something that we can all easily relate to. We don't have to be religious. We don't have to be uh, uh, 
uh, pious or whatever the religion the, the connotation is very simple it's it's krishna as a kid krishna is trying to argue with uh, his mom that he hasn't stolen the butter and he's just gone out and he's come back home in the evening am i am i am i correct with the lyrical uh, uh, interpretation there exactly he's saying that i didn't so, even get the time so eat up exactly. so why are you telling yeah so krishna wasn't even there at home then how could have he stolen the butter there so how do you represent this you can either represent this as krishna being uh, rather offended and sad and saying how can you accuse me of stealing the butter and that will give you a sad uh, a so called minor record to it and that's where yaman comes in alternatively if krishna is being playful and krishna realizes that his mother has caught him krishna is going to be all playful and he is going to be in a slightly uh, spirited tone and in a spirited tone he is going to have a sarcastic uh, intonation to it and he is going to say oh how can you say i did this when i wasn't even at home and that has to be a slightly peppier tune to it and that's where the morning feel comes in you know so this is a and this is a beautiful way to uh, to drive home the message of someone trying to get interested in a classical form of music because i mean let's 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 take the uh, let's take this for granted if we are in india this uh, aspect of spirituality and religion is something that we have to cope up with that happens on a uh, that happens on a daily basis for us so but we are all familiar with the concept of krishna and the fact that krishna had stolen butter and the fact that krishna was a playful kid so this is this is an easy way to uh, uh to to drive home the message you know so so that was it's very beautiful the way you sang it and the way you uh, the way you uh, and there is a third layer to this ignoring all of this it traces you back to your childhood days because someone has mentioned the differences to you in a manner that you still relate to and you can still understand and and it and there is a third uh, that is a third layer here you know so exactly so the, the, the you you really brought it home together i mean i was i think we've been talking about this for a long time and you really drove home the message beautifully with that that classic example right so uh, it, it was really you know so much knowledge was there for the uh total carnatic music and we really uh, understood so many things but uh, as we come to the last part the part which is the most favorite part of uh, this podcast is that uh, you know the your message to young generation regarding the carnatic music or any you know message you want to give to the young generation this is the most interesting part of the digital designer uh, show we love this part your message to the youth the hustlers and uh, or all age of people doesn't matter but your message absolutely so before we get to that couple of quick things uh, yeah. uh, i think we were talking about folk versus carnatic music i'd like to quickly point yeah. out uh, i didn't yes. know anything about it but uh, there's a lot of resources and the best one is what uh, tm krishna has been doing recently where he talks about the influence of other forms of music in carnatic and how carnatic has influenced other forms of music so there's a wealth of resource available obviously on youtube uh, and then yeah uh the next one was evolution of carnatic music uh carnatic music has evolved all classical forms of music have evolved uh evolution within classical forms of music cannot be compared with evolution amongst uh, non classical forms of music because in the non classical form the digitization is much more quicker with classical forms it doesn't happen as quick but carnatic has certainly evolved it will continue to evolve for the better i'm an optimist um this is where pradeep and i start to disagree i think pradeep uh, made a statement in your previous podcast that uh, he tends to shy away from the digitized forms of uh, music lately uh, 
whereas i strongly believe that carnatic music is headed in a wonderful direction uh, there's a lot of scope for growth there's a lot of scope for future uh, for 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 good future in carnatic music um there are many people who believe that the yesteryear musicians performed better and that the so called younger generation of musicians today are not as good as what used to be back in the 50s and 60s i disagree with that i think today's so called younger generation of musicians are on par if not even i i would i would even go straight to say that they are even sometimes better uh this is debatable obviously um and as for a message for uh, anyone doesn't have to be young or old the message is very very simple you know let's all do what we like to do let's all do what we want to pursue as a passion uh if classical and carnatic is what we see as a passion very good if uh, listening to all forms of music is what we see as a passion that's very good if music is not at all a passion and if we want to pursue something else that is also equally good um the point is we've got to do what we like doing you know um one of the things that i've recently uh, over the last uh, 10 years or so i've started uh, uh doing long distance running like uh, half marathons um i started doing this just as a form of exercise and then i slowly started stepping it up and then i started doing longer and longer distances uh the key here is when you're doing something like a 3 mile run or a 5 mile run every time we do that run it will be painful so we have to sit back and question ourselves why exactly are we doing this are we doing this just for a workout or are we doing it for bragging rights or are we doing it for a for a bigger uh, reason here and if we figure out that bigger motivation or a bigger reasoning within ourselves that will help us uh, that will help point us in a certain direction and this is true of everything that we do as long as we can justify within ourselves that this is where we want to be headed towards that will help us uh, that will help us achieve our goals much easier yeah. Uh, that's great anand thank you for sharing your thoughts and i also wanted to add one thing like you know in the youtube there is this darbar music channel which is a great place i think it's a festival which happens in the uk and there's a separate channel for darbar which concentrates on classical music mostly hindustani and a little bit of uh, carnatic uh, and uh, it is just amazing everybody should check the channel also and i leave it to you shivam and saumya thank you again anand yeah thank you anand and thank you rudeep as well so it was a great session <laughs> So. Yeah, thank you, Anand. And uh, it, we had really understood a lot of deep in sense of the Carnatic music. Earlier, we had a, uh, you know, understood the deep evolution of the uh, Western music from uh, Pradeep. And now, uh, listening about the Carnatic music was really, you know, very nice. So, guys, hope you love this show. Next time, we'll again meet with a new hot guest with new experiences and new stories. We always love your support that inspires us to come up with new stories every time. We also believe that everyone have a story in their life, life worth learning from them, life worth emotional to weep on them, life worth growing with them, and life with knowledge sharing from them. If you have a similar story, please reach out to us. in our instagram page and become a part of our family because every story matters for us every time because we love you guys thank you so much